traversed long, hard, far, metaphorical distance, just a, a great amount of, I would say, conceptual spatiality to bring this to you. Uh, also, sorry that there's not an episode, uh, that this one's a little late. I'm bad at editing, it turns out. Um, so that's just an apology up front. So if this one ends up late too, you know, I'm doing my best out here. You know, this is funny though, because like you saying like, hey, sorry that the last episode's late by the time they listen to this Holy episode. cow. Do you know what I've done? You fought with Ben Kingsley, and now you're trying to reverse time. Well, this is what I'm actually saying, is I have actually crossed the sands of time. Right. I've actually done the you thing. You are grappling I... <laughs> with Ben Kingsley, like, with, was, like, the knife. It like... was a bit. I was just trying to set, like, a good adventurous tone. I wanted a little Jake, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal energy up in here, or Gyllenhaal, as he might pronounce it. Um, I, I pronounce it Gyllenhaal. Wow. Just throwing another sweater so, up. So is that. his name actually Yake Gyllenhaal? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's it, it it's a great callback to one of my favorite psych bits of all time where a girl who's like a one-off character is dating a guy named Jan, or his name is Jan, wow, and the entire time Sean Jan's just from the calls him Jan, right? So he's like, he's like, why, there's a dude named Jan, like, all right, I'm here for it, right? She's like, actually, it's Jan, and he just like can't conceptualize that it's Jan. So yes, Yake Yellenhall is his, is his name. Point. Okay. Um, Does Gay Andy know you no, call him that? <laughs> gave himself that name the point is we have traversed the sands of time we've arrived to peep this noise and i'm your ever intrepid host logan johnson and this week i like community the tv show not just like the general marxist <laughs> the conception general, <laughs> the general idea of community i like my neighbors guys <laughs> i you know what i, I like do like mr. my neighbors but i hey. like mr rogers i'm a big fan of jake from state farm uh anything that's <laughs> yake. a neighbor or of, <laughs> of yake from state farm <laughs> oh, yeah. state farm I, sweden i'm sorry i have been i have state yake farm. from I ikea <laughs> I have been I have been in Nathaniel's life for twenty four Gregorian years and I'm here to report, ladies and gentlemen, pack it in. That is the funniest joke he has ever made. Yake from State Farm. Is this the one where we is this the one where we break tradition? And we say, you know what, we're not calling this Hamilton, which is the work we're discussing. I didn't even let you guys introduce yourself, but um, is this the, not the one where I call the episode Hamilton and I actually give it just a funny name based on something we said? <laughs> this episode is, is Yake from State Farm. Anyway, as I said, I'm Logan Johnson. I like the TV show Community. Uh, I'm Greg Marchant, and this week I dove way, t- way, farther, back, way farther than I thought I would back into my uh, Webtoon feed. You are also back in time. Love that for yep. us. I, but I started reading a new webtoon called Rotten, which is like a horror mystery, uh, horror mystery detective story, like cool. supernatural detectives, and I'm really liking it. If you had to unpack an adjective just to describe that, would you use the word rotten? No, because it's good. <laughs> Rad. No, lo- like genuinely love to hear it. Like sometimes you like want to partake of something badly just because like bad just because like you're in it and you're like, I feel like this is going to be bad. By the way, catch me. I really want to see that new X-Men movie. Uh, 
Go ahead. Um, I'm Nathaniel Johnson, and I really <laughs> and I really like Yake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy rule three: They go fishing on the weekends. Yeah. Yake, Yake helps him set up all his new Apple tech. <laughs> it's getting to the point where we probably like should like have an intervention where my wife says, "You're spending too much time with Yake. Like this is a problem." Sure. Uh, no, I actually, uh, I just... You're saying she should, like, light into you a little bit, yake you over the coals? Yeah. Is that too much? Yeah, that's, that's too much. I, I told you, comedy rule three, somebody had to do, like, a thing to You crossed it, you crossed I, it. Uh, Cross the river sticks. Um, no, uh, my wife and I recently started watching The Legend of Korra for the first time, and, uh, I'm really liking it. Um... <laughs> If you heard my teeth <laughs> chomping up on that mic, it's because I'm reminding Nathaniel to absolutely eat it well, because we want no background noise. Every instinct in my body is telling me to grab the mic and hold it to talk it into it. And like, like I'm a stand-up comedian, which like I'm not. I'm a sit-down comedian. Can you give us some observational humor real quick? Uh... What's the deal <laughs> with airplanes? <laughs> Have you ever noticed airport faucets? That's actually somebody's observational humor bit now. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, somebody I think that's actually Jerry somebody actually did munch the uh, the airport faucets. Anyway, this um, is already starting I, scattered. I love I, this. Yeah, I have this idea that I wanted to pitch to you guys as we we're talking about Yake from State Farm. Um, it occurred to me while we were talking about it. What if one of these episodes we just like created like a YouTube playlist of really old commercials that we watched? And just, like, talked about those. Like, an hour's worth of just old, weird commercials and just talked about those. That could be fun. Um, I like how we just, like, totally, like, paid attention <laughs> to the man behind the curtain here for the audience. But, like, I'm into it. I never got a clear read on what it is you're into. Is it Legend of Korra? Legend of Korra. Okay, yeah. cool. It's Legend of Korra. <laughs> so far. I mean, I hear that show doesn't go well for a lot of people, but I'm liking it so far, even though it seems kind of problematic. Sure. Yeah. Well, I really like how, how before I kind of nailed you down on that and got you to say a couple things about it, you invited the uh, podcast listeners into our planning room. You invited them into the room where it happens. And, wow, that was flush. I realize I've ruined the flushness of that transition by commenting on how good it was. Our audience uh, should really feel special because nobody else is in the room where it happens. That actually is categorically true. Logan seems confused by something. Hold on. I'm going to download like a, a spectrometer for ghosts on my Mac real quick. So you guys, uh, <laughs> we're talking about Hamilton this week. Let's, uh, let's yeah. This. So um, we might all be with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to make a joke, but it's a way, way too soon. But I was, I was about to get really concerned that another celebrity had died when you said that. Oh. Yeah, no, 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 not Lin-Manuel um, Miranda. Yeah, no. No, I was yeah. talking about Alexander Hamilton. Oh, okay. We could have had a seance. We could have had a fourth host. Yeah. Huh. That's all I'm saying. Um, sad news for, I mean, by the time this goes out, I'm sure most of our listeners will have heard, but uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played the uh, lead in uh, who played the lead in Black Panther, uh, passed away from cancer today. He was also in 42. He crushed it as Jackie Robinson in that movie. Yeah, he did. Like, that's a really good movie. So... Yeah, that's a bummer. Well, that really that brought it down. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Greg. No, it's, it's it, I'm I am kind of I am kind of sad about that. I'm I, super I liked sad about the it, movie, actually. and I was looking forward to seeing him in other. He was uh, talented him in other yeah. things. Yeah. I am curious to see what happens with future Black Panther movies because you know I don't think they're just gonna let that die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm sure they'll figure something out with it. But I just I'm hope curious. they. I just hope whatever they decide to do, they kind of do it respectfully. Totally. Yeah. I, well, it's interesting, right? Because I. I think that Black Panther as a movie made way more money than Disney ever thought that it was going to, as evidenced by how they treat the entire cast of that show in uh, Infinity War as like more of side characters than anything. But like that movie broke a billion dollars, and there's a huge market for people who want to see black superheroes, basically. Yeah. If I can use this to segue back to what we were talking about, that that was definitely part of the appeal of... uh, of Hamilton for a lot of mm-hmm. people. For um, me. It yeah, me well. it kind of it flipped the script in a really good way on the way that um on the way that the American Revolution and the founding of our nation is portrayed by taking uh by taking minority actors, um actors who are of ethnic minorities and having them play uh, play these characters because most of these character, most of these historical figures were, as it highlights in the show, immigrants, mm-hmm. um, and it really helps put some of the. I I I'd say it really helps put some of the uh, some of the sen- like the the overall feeling of our history of Americans uh, of our history as Americans in perspective, without like without like downplaying how cool it is to live in this country um and like how and all of the without downplaying all of the good things that came about because of the founding of the United States um it really it really puts it in perspective who these people were and how their life experience might not be as similar to say the the white american experience and maybe uh for a lot of them it was more similar to uh the first generation immigrants experience yeah totally this is something that i think is really interesting too one of the things that like i i remember the hamilton controversy of 2016 right a bunch of a bunch of like uh borderline or like across the line white supremacist folks being like like Leslie Odom Jr., he's African-American. He can't – that's not what they would have said, I guess. But he, he can't play yeah. Aaron Aaron Burr, for example, right? And I'm like, well, actually, like, the, the operative term here is is American, right? Like, all of these folks are Americans, right? And this, yeah. is, this is a show about American legacy. I guess to set up Hamilton a little bit, I was reading this piece in The New Yorker that talked with Lin-Manuel Miranda a little bit about the origins of this piece. And it's actually really fascinating um, so during the Obama administration, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was already moderately successful for his work on the Broadway musical In the Heights, right? Which is the first one that he wrote and, and kind of directed is, is really good, actually, like uh, quite, a, quite a good musical um, and was really well acclaimed. I think he'd already picked up a Tony for it, like, um, or whatever the award they give to musicals is. is it no, I think you're right. It's, it's a, a Tony. Tony. Well, okay. Tonys are the musical thing, yeah. The Broadway thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he picked up a Tony for it, if I, if I recall correctly. Um, and so, as a result of his kind of widespread acclaim, he was invited by the Obamas to come to the White House as part of kind of like a, a multicultural, uh, like a performance and, and celebration they were doing over there, right? And they said, hey, it's it's awesome if you want to do something from In the Heights, like we would love to hear you perform something from this 
this musical that you wrote that is is so well acclaimed. Well, at the same time, he was reading the Ron Chernow uh, biography of Alexander Hamilton, right? He was on vacation. In, he describes it pretty distinctly. In, on vacation with his uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, and he was laying in a pool, and he, like, pulled out this 800-page biography on the pool float that he was laying in <laughs> and just began to read. And he was immediately blown away. Um, and he, he actually pretty quickly starts to see like the life of Alexander Hamilton. And he says, this, this is not like, I mean, to kind of credit what you said, Greg, this is not like a, like a white guy's story. Right. I mean, in, in John Adams privately called him Creole. What? <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like he, we're talking about somebody who, who came from the Caribbean. Right. But more importantly than where he comes from, he immediately, uh, Miranda immediately sees parallels to, uh, Tupac, the rapper. And he's like, Alexander Hamilton is like Tupac, right? Okay. Which is just like I didn't. I mean, if you're familiar with the life of Tupac, it's Which I'm obviously not. not a perfect parallel, but it's a parallel that that he draws, right? And so this is when he gets this idea, like, okay, well, what if I um, decided, like, hey, what if I like, what if I wrote this song for the Obamas about Hamilton, right? And that that song later he performs live and become it becomes the opening number for the musical, right? Um, this, this is the one where he calls him the $10 founding father without a father. Like, this is like the, the inception of this musical. And then from there he says, what, what Lin-Manuel Miranda says is, I'm going to write a concept album, uh, which is the idea that you string an entire set of music together. And somewhere along the line it became a Broadway musical, which is awesome. Um, but that's kind of the story of where this came from, is it's, it's based off this one-off performance that he gave for the Obamas after meditating and writing a rap based off the life of Alexander Hamilton, which is really cool. That is super, like, super cool. Um, and, and I laugh because I, sorry, I've kind of monopolized conversation here for a second, but <laughs> I laugh because I always said, oh, I would really love to see Hamilton as it was like, as it is. Right. And a friend was like, no, you got to watch it. Like you got to watch Hamilton. Or you got to listen to it because you couldn't watch it at the time. Like you got to listen to the soundtrack. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to the soundtrack. So I listened just to this first song, and I'm immediately blown away. By the way, important note: so was Barack Obama. He remarked that one of his friends or, or another major political figure whose name I was unfamiliar with needed to see it. <laughs> right? He's like, he needs to see this performance of Lin Manuel Miranda doing this song because that first song is such a knockout. Um, anyway, this is the the uh, the way I saw it. Right? I, I heard this first song, and I was like exceptional off the wall i gotta see this on broadway like i'm not listening to any more of this music i'm catching this on broadway i will fly out there at some point and catch some performance of this and thankfully they they put this one on disney plus right so i joke that not only did i did i see this uh trying to see this as intended by listening to the soundtrack in its order but i also i also uh saw it as intended in the sense that i heard lin-manuel miranda's song first and then I watched the show later, uh, like two years later, too, which was like the timeline for the Obamas on this. That's it's like, super cool. It's very funny to me. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of experienced it the same way. So that's a long way of asking, what's your guys' experience with this show? Um, so I first heard about the show at my first semester of college in like 2015. And... Uh, that's when like it started getting big, if I remember correctly. So it was fall 2015. I just stepped onto campus, and I was taking an intro to theater course for my uh, fine art credit. 
and the professor there, he said, you know, there are some ideas which are just really, really bad on paper. Like, what if we, you know, did a Broadway musical about the Founding Fathers set to hip-hop and rap? Also, one of the best things I've ever listened to. Um, and that's kind of stuck with me. Like, this is a bad idea on paper in a lot of ways. Like, this store about, like, warfare and revolution in, like, the 1700s and the establishment of a government. And also, I've probably listened to the album, like, 20 times in its entirety since watching the show. Um, so, I don't know. Like, it's a thing, right? And it's really good. I think I've probably listened or watched, because I, I, I guess only watched, because I haven't listened to the soundtrack separately. I think I've, I, I think I've listened to this music here the least out of everybody, because I watched it all the way through once and then I watched it broken up over the course of a day when I had a few minutes like when I had a few minutes so like basically one song at a time throughout the throughout the day at one point recently but that being said I was I was really kind of hooked when I uh, I was really kind of hooked in the same place on that first song like uh, like Logan was talking about I wasn't really expecting this to be all that great, honestly. Not because I didn't like the concept, but because I uh, I had never experienced a rap musical. <laughs> and with rap, it's really hit or miss for me. Like some uh, sometimes I'll. It's never what I just go to listen to. It's never been hit for me. I don't know what that means. Like, it's, I've never liked rap. Hi, hi. Uh, Logan Johnson, uh, famed music listener here. Uh, just a renowned for being Wait, a great lover. You mean of music. like nine of your 10 picks on this show have been music? Yeah. Uh, this is just me editorializing here to say we're going to get you on some stuff. That's fine. You've already gotten <laughs> me on some stuff by watching Hamilton. Like, it's oh, happening. true. I forgot that I pestered you insanely to watch yes, this. Yes, <laughs> you did, and I'm glad you did. The way I got him to watch it was to start spoiling things. Oh, <laughs> like, I hate spoilers for things I intend to I watch. I was like, hey, we're going to listen to the second track. And he was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, we're doing it. <laughs> that night he started watching it. So I think it went well. Excuse so, me, are you Aaron Burr, sir? That depends. Who's asking? Well, of course, sir. We cannot do this. <laughs> we cannot go down this, this rabbit hole. But yeah. Um, so we didn't really prep questions. Sorry, were you in the middle of a thought, Greg? Do we cut you uh, off? Yeah. So. That's <laughs> very like us. That's very like us. And we should apologize. Or you can yes, challenge us to should. a duel. I, True. Yes. Can we but I don't want to get dumb up and immature? Dumb. Sure. But your man has to answer for his we words, Logan. We cannot do this. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm not getting up at dawn. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's before dawn because you've got to be there by dawn. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sure. I've um, got to get up at dawn <laughs> to get murdered. I just want to say, like, poor doctors, right? <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Have him turn around so he can have deniability. Because well, you can't. Here's the thing. You can't tell the doctor like four days in advance, right? Because the doctor's gonna tell somebody. He's gonna narc. He's a doctor. He's got a narc. So you gotta wake that dude up morning of and be like, "Hey, there is um trouble at the docks," and he's gonna be like, "Wink." <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but your services aren't gonna be required until 
the sun yeah, rises. Like, like, okay, it's probably more accurate to say there's going to be some <laughs> mad trouble at the docks. Uh, just in case God. you haven't seen it, duels are an important part of the show, and this is the part where we say uh, all spoilers are off on a... It's history. You can't spoil it. On a Alexander, fan fiction of history. Alexander Hamilton gets shot. It's history. You can't spoil it. <laughs> they that. spoil it at the beginning of the play. Which is who was the, the fool who shot him? Uh, Aaron Burr, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he shot the bursar? Yes. <laughs> I mean, in a way, he did shoot the nation's bursar, if you think about uh, it. Um, yeah. Can we get you back to your thought, Greg, or is it gone? It's gone. Much it's like, so sorry. it's much far. like Alexander Oh, no, Hamilton. no, it's oh, back. It's back. Go for I it. got it. Um, so here's my thing with rap, and I think this is what made the difference for me with this stuff, is that usually when you listen to rap, rappers rap about themselves, that's what they do, and as fun as a few like as fun of a as fun as a few uh, brag tracks are to listen to, you can only hear, you know, uh, I'm gonna use Eminem because he's easy to rag on. You can only hear Eminem talk about how controversial he is so often before it stops landing <laughs> and you're like stops being controversial and you're like marshall marshall <laughs> we you know will the real slim shade we're done please sit down <laughs> sit down slim shady <laughs> but in this case you had really well thought out uh really well thought out character design and the lyrics reflected actual people with actual goals who didn't feel like they were all just on an ego trip some of them were on an ego trip but they weren't all just on an ego trip we, that, i'm a general that... <laughs> <laughs> hi hi music music appreciator aficionado here uh gonna tap in again real quick long time it... writer long time uh admirer first time writer <laughs> Oh, I, if only I was a first-time writer. Long-time lurker, first-time redditor. <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> to, we go. To, cha- to chase that bliss of writing for the first time again. I'll never get back to uh, it. My innocence has been soiled. No. Um, <laughs> writing for fun, not because like you had to like. Yeah, do exactly. It. Uh-huh. Um, why do I write like I'm running out of time? <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is it's important to note that this kind of thing that you're describing here is agree- agreed not very much in the tradition of, say, an M&M. Right, but much more in the tradition of, say, a um, Tupac, right? Who, who again, is the parallel here, right? Tupac once famously wrote a song that is about a twelve-year-old girl who is a victim of sexual abuse and ends up turning to prostitution later in her life, right? So, like a much more narrative kind of rap that we're dealing with here. Um, so, going back to what uh, to what you were telling us about his uh, about his inspiration for writing this, musical. right? That's kind of what I'm driving yeah. at here, right? Is this this more idea that instead of like just everybody's rapping about themselves all the time, which does happen for sure, but also there's more. <laughs> My name that. is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, there's more of a, a cohesive thing going on here. Anyway, I, th- I think I might have interrupted you again. So. No, that that was my that was my thought. I just wanted to rag on Eminem a little bit and compare. Uh, yeah, Greg, we are not throwing away your thought. Thank you. Wow, look at that. Thought, thought. No, you can't. That has a different meaning if you just start True. saying it on its own. Guys, we're going to accidentally end up as a background track for TikTok. We're, we're threading that needle. 
It's going to be like another podcast which has had that happen. That. <laughs> True. And another podcast which I said I wasn't going to say this, but is referenced in Hamilton, which is my brother, my brother, and me. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of our favorite characters, some of our favorite moments. We didn't really write a script for this, unlike Lin-Manuel Miranda, who pointedly wrote the script for this. <laughs> Um, he just a hint. He's better at his job than we are at ours. I would say considerably. Yes. Um, hey, hey, I'm gonna remind you. Chomp that mic. Chomp that mic. <laughs> Get up uh, on that bad boy. Like, mm, mm, how do uh, I say no to this? <laughs> think. Get up on it like that. Get up on it like that. Think. Uh, think bingo night energy. Think Reynolds pamphlet energy. A four. A four. <laughs> D-17. Is that a bingo? <laughs> Just be right up on there like the like the bingo. B-52 bomber. <laughs> I'm referencing when I say that a cultural touchstone that I cannot relate to because that's just how my father says B-52 bomber all the time. And I can't figure it out. <laughs> Inscrutable to me. But he's got to be referencing I know he's something. referencing something. I don't know if it's like a really old video game or some sort of movie. Like, I don't know. You know what would be cool, though? If, like a B-52 bomber, we could stay on our piloted charted course for more than two minutes. <laughs> so I had this cool thought. I had this cool thought. So there are three characters in this show. Three actors, I should say, who play two very different characters. I guess there's four, actually. Because um, uh, I wasn't thinking about the girl who plays both Peggy and Miss Reynolds. Um, yes. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. And Peggy. <laughs> the Skyler sisters. Angelica. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> And Peggy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> I, I was not about to. I see trees of green. <laughs> wow. This is the, arguably, yes, the most distracted peep this noise of all time. But in my opinion, the most fun-filled and laughter, laughable one. Um, I think we've oh. lost Nathaniel, so unless he's going to bring it back together, if we're gonna if we're gonna stick with the artist we're referencing, I can break out my trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm helpless. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. People sometimes criticize uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's singing voice, but if I there's am someone, one of those people, by the right, way, which is not understandable because again, he hits all the notes. You can say you don't like it. But the man can sing. <laughs> you don't just get invited to the president's house to sing if you can't sing. It's just not a thing that happens. I'm I'm just saying we're we're now bringing in Louis Armstrong and <laughs> true, which is not really the effect I was going for. But I see how we got here. Uh, what I was actually inviting you to do was not to do what you did, the uh, atrocious vocal crime, which we've all now in turn perpetuated. But um, I was inviting you more to like coalesce your thoughts back and talk about the, the characters yes. that play multiple. The yeah, so there's, multiple. there's three male characters who play, uh, three male actors who play multiple parts. Uh, there's uh, David Diggs, who plays uh, Jefferson and Lafayette. Um, and I just blanked on the other two actors' names. Um Either of you guys got them off the top? No, I'm not off the top of my head. But they play Hercules Mulligan and James Madison for one of them, and the other one plays uh, Philip Hamilton and... John Lawrence. John Lawrence, thank you. Um, What's really cool is in the opening number, uh, they say things like, we fought with him, but it's the guys specifically who play uh, Jefferson and Lafayette and uh, Mulligan and Madison, and that phrase... We fought with him is in like different me- 
meanings. So, like, right. the first set, Lafayette and Mulligan fight alongside Hamilton. Jefferson and Madison fight with, with him. And it does not matter which character they're playing in that moment. The statement is true. Um, uh, and then when we've got uh, the guy who plays Philip Hamilton, he says, me, I died for him. And both of his characters died for Hamilton in a way. In a way. Not as strongly, but, like... Yeah, I don't think either of them, like, really actually did. But, like, John... But, <laughs> uh, but Philip did. Like, he died defending his father's honor. And, totally. Like, totally, John totally. Lawrence, like, also fought a duel on Hamilton's behalf, right? True, like, that's not where he died, No, it's not where he but... dies, but, like, this is, like, the thing. Like, these characters are mirrored in really cool and interesting ways, totally. I think. Totally. I didn't notice all of those things because with how much, uh, with how much the... Lafayette Jefferson switch kind of steals the show. It's so good. I I kind of just um so Hercules Mulligan in the first act. He's the uh he's the spy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was the same char- for some reason in my mind this made sense that it was just the same character <laughs> later on. Wait, James Madison. Like, yes, obviously. The writer of the Bill of Rights was also a British spy. I love that. Obviously that doesn't make sense and obviously like as soon as I stopped to think about it when totally. you were saying that I was like, "Oh yeah." Totally. But in my mind somehow I was like, "No, Hercules Mulligan was there too." I mean, in, I just in, I just don't know enough about history. <laughs> the, the very funniest like the funniest thing about this is that somehow, I mean, I think it's pretty clear especially in the back half of this that he's James Madison, right? And so what I think is like very funny about this is um that at some point there's a line that Hercules Mulligan says, which is, Her- my name is Hercules Mulligan. I need no introduction. But apparently, for Greg, <laughs> he absolutely did, which is, like, very, very funny to me. Um, I see how you missed that, definitely. Like, that is, like, not... Mulligan is a very minor character. I... Okay. I I want to just get something out of the way here. I feel like I had better, you know, social studies and history teachers than a lot of people on the internet uh purport to have had okay like people who actually uh people who actually taught some of the more uncomfortable facts about our nation's history but at the same time i wasn't a great student in my history classes until like the last year of high school <laughs> that's very good good confession i like it so um i don't want anybody to blame my teachers for me not knowing that it's it's on me for not knowing and anything that i don't know that should be that should be obvious, uh, that should be an obvious part of American history. It's probably because I wasn't paying attention at the time. I got all the, I got all of the main things, but don't ask me for names and dates. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't ask me for dates. The only ones I know are, uh, uh, New York city, 1776 and, uh, 17 set, 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 17, set, set, 17, 89. Yeah. And that's all I've got. <laughs> oh no. I know about the election of 1800 now. Fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like, uh, Burr versus Adams and Jefferson, what, I know about. What they don't tell you, too, is that election is, I guess, <laughs> I just, I lied. I do know a little bit about history. And that election is, like, the beginning of political campaigning, which he shows, like, very clearly, right? Nobody really campaigns in the traditional sense until I really love right? the bit where uh, Burr is campaigning and he he does that thing that he says at the beginning of the play when we first meet him uh talk less smile more don't let them know what you're against or what you're it's for it's like his platform 
And th- but then he says, shake hands with him, charm her. It's 1800, ladies. Tell your husbands, vote for Burr. Yeah, it's even, to paraphrase a modern headline written about a different politician, it's even if you don't know him, Aaron Burr likes you. Even if you don't like him, Aaron Burr likes you, which was recently written about Joe Biden, right? Hmm. This is like this idea that he is, I mean, not to get too politically incisive here. but We I are mean, doing a political musical, though. So This is the thing, right? This is the the current platform of somebody like a like a Joe Biden figure, right? Which is like, you know, Joe, like talk less, she smile more. like someone who would grab a beer with you. Hi, Eli. We have a uh, we have a surprise guest. guest on our podcast. Eli has entered. <laughs> Eli has entered the arena. <laughs> Come here, bud. I'm I'm gonna go get him really quick I'm and just pause this. yeah. Don't worry, guys. I'm totally going to fix that in post. Wink, wink. Can, can I, you make an audible wink? <laughs> audible. Audible oh. wink was actually my rapper name. <laughs> Ting! <laughs> Ting! <laughs> yeah, because I actually heard that noise happen once when somebody blinked when their eyelids were frozen together because it was 40, negative 40 degrees outside. But yeah. anyway, guys, Canada. It's, guys, I'm just going to say it. If we have Canadian listeners, you know this is the case. It gets wild up there. <laughs> it gets it gets real cold up there in Canada. <laughs> um. Anyway, to loop it back, to loop it back, the Eli pamphlet <laughs> explaining Eli why pamphlet. explaining why our pam or why our podcast got totally derailed. I do think it's interesting the way that I guess to totally pivot. Unless somebody remembers where we were. Nope. Yeah. My uh, our listeners do almost definitely. Yeah. My my one year old uh, my one year old came in to find out what we were doing and he just looked really sad. So <laughs> yeah, we have... paused so I could help him so that he could be a good dad. <laughs> Unlike yeah. Hamilton, Wait, who's squeaking? <laughs> who's squeaking the table now? I think that was my chair, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think there's only so much of this our audience is gonna put up with. So, so let's reel it back in. But yeah, to to cycle back, I do think some of these characters are particularly interesting. I think um, probably my favorite portrayal in this is the performance of David Diggs as um, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. I think <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was waiting to slide that one in. No, our <laughs> listeners can only take so much. So much derailing. True. Although, in fairness, I thought I could just slide that in and let it go. Um, but yeah, no, I do, I really do think he does a, a great job playing those two roles, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I find interesting is the way that those uh, characters are both linked and yet disparate, right? I think of like I consider the, this musical splitting like very clearly in at the half, like at the intermission, as Hamilton is like very much like the good guy in the first half of this, and very much the bad guy in the back half of this. And I think about this in the way of like the way they introduce Thomas Jefferson is like someone's got to keep the American promise, right? And that's like, I know it's said a little tongue-in-cheek, right? And by Burr, who is the same political party as Thomas Jefferson, right? They're, they're uh, Southern mother-fricking-Democratic-Republicans, as the song says. Um, but they are, I, I realize so it's a little tongue-in-cheek, right? But they're the same political party. But I like this idea that Lafayette helps Hamilton draft some kind of idea of what American independence might mean. And then Hamilton kind of screws it up pretty quickly. And so Thomas Jefferson, another friend of Lafayette, is there to say things like, did you forget Lafayette? Have you an ounce of regret? Right? These kinds of things, these kinds of questions that interrogate, like, who is Hamilton becoming over the course of this? Where is he going? Um, 
how does he become the bad guy and why and and to what end right well so i saw to this uh to this point i saw a tiktok with um this actor again never ask me names because i'm not gonna not gonna remember him (laughs) but with this actor who played both jefferson and lafayette um David Diggs, by the way. David Diggs, yeah. I think I think it was a TikTok. Like someone had copied the video off the internet and posted it to TikTok, honestly. But him, uh, David Diggs, talking about uh, Hamilton as a character and going, "This this is a musical about recognizing. Uh, this is a musical about seeing someone do great things and also be." the worst sort of person (laughs) like he like this is one of our founding fathers and he is both a and he is or he was both a great leader and an awful person um and then he went on to say and it's important to understand with our history that these people are humans Totally. I mean, I, that was at least that was the uh, that was what I drew out of the, the things that he said in there. Totally. This is also very true of like Aaron Burr, right? The other character in this who who is painted very sympathetically in. I mean, I also think I had like pretty good history teachers, but I was always taught Aaron Burr was the bad guy. Like Aaron Burr is just a like he's a, a villain in American like history. Right. I'm the darn fool who shot him. And I think it's interesting the way that this musical paints him more sympathetically. That's something in the New Yorker piece I read, which, by the way, was like several thousand words. Very lengthy piece. Um, I couldn't tell you who wrote it, so my apologies on that. But, I mean, you could look it up and find it, I'm sure. Um, but one of the things that was mentioned in this piece was that uh, he, our Miranda couldn't decide whether he wanted to play Hamilton or Burr, right? Because he had written this character so sympathetically who was a villain, right? And then it essentially landed on, like, well, you know, like, people of color don't star in things. If I want to star in something, I have to write it, right? And so then he decided to play Hamilton, which was the right call because Leslie Odom Jr. (laughs) slays it. Yeah, As Aaron Burr, like, absolutely just knocks it out of the park. Um, But, yeah, I think this this idea of watching figures in transition is really interesting, right? Understanding who the Founding Fathers were. I like the sequence where he shows up on Burr's uh, doorstep to talk about – uh, the defending the U.S. Constitution, yeah. right? He's like, who's your client? And he's like, the new U.S. Constitution? Just cheesing the biggest one, biggest question mark at the end of that. Like, totally messing with this guy. Like, uh, presumably this would be like if Ashton Kutcher showed up to put you on punked at four in the morning. Like, because <laughs> it's like late at night, he's there. But one of the things that he says is he's defending the Constitution to Burr. Um, Burr says it's messy. He says, so it needs amendments. He says it's full of contradiction. He says, so is independence, right? And this is like this becomes a cornerstone idea for these founding fathers who, when faced with independence, immediately become contradictory figures and do all kinds of terrible things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Thomas Jefferson himself was a slaver, right? And so was George Washington, right? Thomas Jefferson even commented once on the nature of slavery on the slave owner as a bad thing, right? He knew it was a bad system and he did it anyway. Anyway, sorry, I'm monopolizing the conversation well, again. So part of... You're touching on something that's part of the power of this music that for me is part of the power of this musical and what it uh, conveys to an audience. And that is this idea that these people, these founding fathers, these historical figures that we all learn about 
and uh, um, depending on how you learn about them, but for a lot of us, um, are really, these people are really idealized and we think of them as these larger than, larger than life individuals. And in some ways they are, and this musical showcases that, but it also shows that what was really going on was you had a few people with big ideas who were willing to risk a lot for those ideas and were real and were willing to experiment um on those ideas in the right place at the right time these people formed a government and that is part of the powers that it shows that this this country that we live in was made possible through the ideas of a few people in the right uh, a few people at a certain time um who put a lot of effort into figuring things out and obviously when you do that a lot of things are going to go wrong but it's kind of empowering to see that at any given moment someone now could be the person who has a big idea and experiments on it and somehow uh and somehow drags it into being like wrenches it into shape out of raw and contradictory materials and makes it happen that was part of the power of this for me is that it's it shows people because it shows the founding fathers as people creating something it em- it feels empowering to know that we as people can create something if unlike Burr we stand for something and think about it and work towards bringing it into being like it shows it shows the this musical shows our nation portrays our nation as one built on ideals and that's something that resonated with me and I think it resonated with a lot of people. I think that's a big part of the appeal for the the appeal of this is that it's very empowering to think that human beings can get together and change things. Now we could get into a whole argument about whether or not that's actually possible in the modern day. Um, I don't know if I want to have that argument. I don't want to right now. Yeah, but I... That that's part of why I like this musical, is because of that empowering feeling. The idea that maybe I could do something, or at least support people who are doing something to experiment on, uh, to experiment on big ideas for creating a more, uh, a more free and equitable society that's governed by the people for the people. I have a few ideas I'd like to share. Uh, the first one is very tangential, but it's about James Madison. I learned this recently. Um, so I started law school this last week. Um, I'm surprised I have time for the podcast, honestly. Uh, and in it, though, they were trying to emphasize how important research is. You, you probably shouldn't brag, but dag, you amaze and astonish. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, uh, anyway, we were talking about research and how important it is. And... Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, Greg is just licking the mic to remind me that I need to like be eating this thing because I'm bad at it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about the uh, Constitutional Convention, um, which Hamilton is very proud to have been chosen for the Constitutional Convention. Um, and they go there because the Articles of Confederacy aren't working. And the biggest problem with them is basically they need to do unanimous votes for the nation to be able to do anything. Otherwise, the colonies just get to govern themselves. And everybody has ideas, including Hamilton, about what to do. He speaks for six hours at this thing. But James Madison, in preparation for the Constitutional Convention, researches a ton it also turns out he's the only one of the delegates who did any research before presenting his plan, which was known as the Virginia plan and was the plan that was adopted because it was researched, um, which is like the wildest thought to me. Like, hey, like not only did they have big ideas, these were all like smart men who had like gone to upper division colleges like they were lawyers, they were doctors, they were, you know. And only one of them was like, you know what, I should actually, like, research some political theory before I just, you know, spout what I think our new government should be. And that's the plan we basically went with. There were some tweaks made to it, but, like, that's what happened. That's wild to me. Uh, the second thing that I really wanted to talk about, though, uh, which I think is more interesting, is they do DFI one figure in this show. Uh, Logan's ready for the take. Here comes the general. Rise up. Uh, no, they DFI George Washington. It definitely pivots very hard, and I've critiqued the show for this before. It, it pivots extremely hard from, like, rise up for freedom to, like, rise up for the general. And it's, like, a very strange... I've been thinking about why it does that, and I think I have a solid answer that I really like. Okay, hit me. This is Hamilton's perspective, and Hamilton DFIs Washington. But it's not always Hamilton's perspective. No, but primarily it is. And Hamilton, like basically worships the ground that George Washington walks on. I mean, in fairness, that dude makes his political career. Yes, right. I know. I, as uh, Thomas Jefferson notes so cleanly, you're nothing without Washington behind you. Daddy's calling. <laughs> so powerful. I uh, This is a tangent, and I know we, can't, we gotta stop doing these, but I was listening to that song in my car, and I put my headphones in to switch right as that happened. So I went from like this big booming, like, you're nothing without Washington behind you, to like this barely audible whisper in my ear, Daddy's calling. <laughs> and I was like, it's perfect. I perfected the musical. I'm gonna call Lin-Manuel Miranda and tell him I perfected his musical. It was so good. Um, but yeah, no, he's absolutely deified in this, right? And I think that's why, though, is because it's primarily from Hamilton's perspective, which leads me to my third thing, which is like my really cool take about this. Uh, Logan talks about Hamilton switching to the bad guy, which is unfortunate because Hamilton is the character I identify most with in that show, and it sucks. I got bad news for you about everything in your life after age 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna, it's you're just gonna, gonna move uptown, you're gonna, kid's gonna, you're gonna get shot. Yep. Who's, after who's my your, kid gets shot. Yeah, who's your... If you were to think right now, who's your friend who has, like, completely opposite philosophical views to you? Because they're going to be the one, and you should watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, rem hand. I remain your respectful podcast host, A. Burr. <laughs> a. Ham. We... I, I think about this a lot all the time, actually, how how often I tell Nathaniel to say, like, I essentially end up saying something along the lines of, talk less, smile more, <laughs> right? Well, and then, like, 
And then, like, I do, like, my own thing where I stop doing that and I basically, like, go campaigning. And you're like, what is going on? Why is this working? Like, why do you continue to climb? How how to account for his rise to the top? Man, the man is nonstop. Uh, Yeah. Um, But this is the thing. In the song Nonstop, which is arguably my favorite song in it, it's either that one or The Election of 1800 are probably my two faves. Except for the last one where Eliza sings about building the orphanage and I lose it and ball at my desk, you know the first day of law school um as anyway as an aside on this the the part that gets me in that song to pull back to washington real quick mm-hmm. is the part where in the background you just hear him say she tells my story that's the part that i was like oh <laughs> like for some reason that's the part that gets me despite my critiques about the character of washington right like despite everything that i all the baggage that i carry there it's really interesting to me that that's the part that gets me yeah so nonstop, arguably like top three for sure though um arguably most favorite though um, Hamilton gets to this point where he is being asked to be a ma- major member of the government. This is like where he is no longer trying to survive. He is now on top. Like he, there's nowhere higher for him to go except for president. And um, he is packing up his bags after accepting Washington's offer. And his wife is like trying to get his attention. And she says, Alexander, and he says, I have to leave. And he, she says, Alexander, and he starts singing her music back to her, which is, look around, look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. And then she starts singing Helpless again, and he says, they are asking me to lead, which is what Washington says. And then everyone starts singing all of their other stuff about Hamilton, like Satisfied, or Right Like You're Running Out of Time, or History Has Its Eyes on You, all of this stuff that everybody says about Hamilton. And it's in this moment where Hamilton starts, like, justifying what he's doing with other people's ideas instead of his own that he starts to just, like, go downhill, in my opinion. Yeah, if I can chime in with my take here, too. Um, this is this is the part, the very end right before the inter- intermission, end of the first half. He totally pivots from being this, like, cool, fun revolutionary who everybody likes. In fact, some of his most fun moments are in that song, right? The cute little the new u.s constitution and the i was chosen for the constitutional convention like these very like just giddy hamilton vibes right as he rises literally to the top but then he pivots at the whole play he says my name is alexander hamilton right that's his thing and i'm not throwing away my shot but here he changes to i am alexander hamilton and i'm not throwing away my shot right this is a very different this is a very different thing right it carries a, a much more significant er- energy of don't you know who who I am. Well, this is why he writes the Reynolds pamphlet to protect his name. Right. His legacy after this is his whole thing. And I think about this interesting, like in connection with, I think this is interesting in connection with some of the other things that happen here, right? Because immediately what does he start doing? He starts singing his wife's song. He starts singing Washington's song. And actually up until this point, we've never seen Hamilton less himself. Right, we've never seen him be less Alexander Hamilton than when he's loudly yelling that he is Alexander Hamilton and he's not throwing away his shot. As he backs that up by using other people's words, right, and then th- later throws away his shot many times, and then later throws Basically away his throws shot. Basically, throws away all of his shots. Uh, Greg, you got any thoughts about this kind of thing? Or, or no, I think thoughts? you guys covered it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, we, actually, we, no, I do have one. Um, it would be more about the portrayal of George Washington. Yeah, it does. Let's bring it back. 
if if I were to pick one figure that I do know at least a few tangential things about from the American Revolution, I can kind of understand why even not from Hamilton's perspective anybody could write a George Washington character who was just kind of deified and larger than life. Because if you were to pick anyone who really was larger than life, it would probably be George Washington from that time period. There's no one else in their country who looms quite as large. Yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, that's King George, by the way. There's John Adams. <laughs> um, he's one of the... No, no matter no matter who you are in this country and no matter how you feel about most of the founding fathers, George Washington is the one you are still, and was at the time, the one that you would be least likely to have a problem with. Sure. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from there. He also um, was, as far as just being a human being, he was a supposedly a very like physically imposing human being like the guy was the guy was strong like as a as like a 50 year old man he as like a 50 year old man he was stronger than a lot of the the younger troops in the in uh under like in the in the military there at well, the time. and from well, what i understand he commanded time, but, yeah. but yeah they're yeah. Yeah. He commanded a lot of their respect just by virtue of like the force of his character. Yeah. Uh which is when you are a group of people who is starving in the cold of winter and you're still following this guy around without necessarily a guarantee of pay, that's yeah, like it's not surprising this character becomes deified and then he gives up his power willingly, which is though I wasn't aware that was a thing a person could do. As to quote King George, like this is wild. This is insane. This is basically unheard of in human history, and it's really cool. And at the time, um, at the time, it was kind of assumed by a lot of people that the presidency would just be a lifelong thing, mm -hmm. because at the time period we're talking about, there wasn't a there wasn't a protocol for how many terms the president could serve. That didn't get enacted until. FDR had won his fourth term and died. Yeah, that that didn't get enacted until like I can't I can't say this century anymore, but like in the less that, than a hundred years, the twentieth century, within living memory. What yeah. I was gonna say is interesting about that too is that uh, FDR actually doesn't get elected to a fourth term, right? FDR gets elected to a third term, but his first term that we consider his like the fourth one, mm. uh, his he was vice president. The president had been That's killed, right? right? Or had died. I can't remember. Um, but he, so he serves four terms. His his fourth term is also incredibly abbreviated due to his. Well, he, I don't think he even starts it. I right. think. Yeah, but he's elected three times. What's remarkable about this is, I mean, and, and the show does this very well, right? He says we're going to teach him how to say goodbye. That's Washington's line. Nobody serves more than two terms or is elected to more than two terms until FDR. Who is a wartime president, and right. that's not insignificant. And so he's elected to a third term. During a war. And it's after that that Congress is like, you know, we should really put a cap on this. And guess what kind of cap they put in there? Like the, the same Two amount of time terms. that Washington served, and I don't think that's coincidental. I also think speaking within the text of the film, Washington becomes a really interesting character, right? Because they do this one last time thing where they quote his 
his speech, like his his exit speech that Alexander Hamilton wrote. And one of the things, it's like one of the only times where poetry in the traditional rhyming sense go out the window and rhythm replaces like, and you really get to see the the force and the persuasion of Alexander Hamilton's writing, which is actually, if you've like read the Federalist Papers, is actually off the wall incredible. He's a very strong and very charismatic writer. Um, but you get to kind of see that in this speech that Washington gives, right? And one of the things that, that kind of sticks out to me about this is he basically says like, he's like, look, like, I'm unconscious of intentional error, but I am also aware of my character and know that I probably made many errors, right? And I hope that like the people will look on that like kindly essentially right and i think like how messed up would it have been to like include that in a song in this thing and also like dunk on washington like for 30 percent of this show (laughs) right so i like see like how he ends up getting kind of like deified by the show because it would have been wild to do that to washington right um to be like i hope they look on it kindly and also have like a bunch of like either really edgy or like really satirical like commentary on like all like like his his few faults right I say few in the sense of, like, few recorded faults, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, like, very interesting to me. But I I think he's, like, a good character. Well, guys, I think that we could keep talking about this for hours. In fact, I know we can because I have done that. Like, we haven't even talked about half of the ideas I've had about this show and, like, half of the feelings and thoughts I've had. Uh, This show is incredible. Do we have any last thoughts we want to round out on? Wow. Yeah, we've already been going for quite a a minute here. Um, Last thoughts. Okay, okay, this is something we never do. This is something we never do. Uh, we kind of Let's talk about favorite characters real quick, and then let's talk about favorite characters. Like You, you got to mention you relate a lot to Alexander Hamilton. I relate a ton to Alexander. And I joked about relating to Aaron Burr, um, but I don't know that he's... Let's, let's talk. Favorite characters, characters you relate to, where are we at? Ooh, um, Lafayette is one of my favorites. Lafayette... <laughs> He, just flawless. <laughs> he he just has some of the best uh, some of the best numbers in there, and he's super charismatic. Um, but uh, characters I relate to, um, unfortunately, somewhat it's probably Hamilton. <laughs> Dang, I okay I specifically there's the moment when he throws Burr under the bus and endorses Jefferson which is my favorite moment in the play and in that moment I feel like I relate to I I feel like I relate to Hamilton there's there are also a couple of other moments that support this but this is the main one um where I feel like I relate to Hamilton because he says that will he says one line that I will never ever find fault with <laughs> because I just think uh because I just think it's so important I I think it's an important principle that people should think about in politics especially in our modern era Jefferson has ideals Burr has none and in that moment I'm just like yes why couldn't why can't there be someone who's who can convince people of that now like to to convince people to stand behind someone who has uh who has ideals and has the best interest of Americans at heart rather than voting based on fears or who they 
uh, or who they find most personable, who voting for these superficial reasons. Why can't people get behind someone even if they don't agree with them because they're a real person who has big ideas, which harkens back to my big long monologue that I went along, went on for way too long on earlier. Totally. So he's probably the one I relate to the most because of some of those moments where he shows that side of the character if i can editorialize here real quick with my politics chat though i know i ragged on joe biden for not having any ideals please vote for the dude who has no ideals this time <laughs> like please do it like i can't anyway i'm not gonna get too much more political but like joe biden perfectly acceptable under yeah. the circumstances like, like, <laughs> Hashtag settle. Hashtag settle for Biden. Let's do this. <laughs> like, guys, context is everything. Read the room. Read the room where it's happening. Hashtag settle for Biden. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I got to use my platform in the small way that I have it. Uh, were Absolutely. there any other characters who stood out to you, Greg? Um, Eliza. I love Eliza. Eliza's yeah. so good. Yeah. Eliza... Just because um, throughout the process of watching this and talking about it with people who aren't you guys. So, and that actually means mostly Elena. Because <laughs> I, I don't think any of my coworkers have watched this show. I did talk about it with a few other people. Um, I learned a lot about Eliza. And I, I really enjoyed pairing what i learned about her historically with her portrayal here because it really just um it really just seemed to it seemed like the appropriate thing to do again you said it would have been weird to rag on washington this was the perfect way to put eliza forward mm -hmm. if we're going to be showing alexander hamilton in this light totally yeah yeah, I cannot stress this enough. Like, I cry during a lot of the songs at weird places, Some, like maybe in some people's minds. Like, I cry every time that uh, Burr shouts that Hamilton wrote the other 51 Federalist Papers. I cry every time. Um, uh, I mean, it's that, that moment does give me chills, though. It, yeah. I, I don't cry. <laughs> yeah. I cry. Tears, tears um, will be a bit strong for my reaction. Uh, there, maybe, but... maybe as somebody who is going into a profession of law, it's really personal for me for some reason that makes sense but yeah um On, maybe for me it's just that i write a ton yeah and so i'm impressed but i'm not like it doesn't really blow my hair back you know? i right. i just like how angry and frustrated burr is he's about so it mad. but like he's, also impressed because he's because he's like why do you write like you're running out of time and the the sub message is why can't i do what you do why am i not well, you yeah and the other thing too is is how do you write like you need it to survive yeah right like it's like how do you like it's like how do you have no other priorities right and of course this is hamilton's downfall but it's also burr numerous times says to hamilton like it's your pride your pride's gonna get us and then it's of course burr's pride that gets them in the end right like right <laughs> it's his like his i mean in fairness alexander called him like unstable unfit to like lead and like borderline like he may have used the word deranged if i remember the report Ooh. that i read right like he oh like, my gosh they, like the musical puts it the, lightly the musical sound says like um i've disagreed with jefferson on 75 yeah, but different he has months. ideals burr has none. burr has none and then like there's another time where he uses the word like unstable like as they're like going back and forth in their letters but like it was pretty like what he said was pretty bad like it was pretty 
It's like everything Burr is always criticizing for. Like, why do you always say what you believe, right? Like, every proclamation guarantees free ammunition for your enemies. Right? I do love in the bit where they're writing the letters back and forth where he's like, hey, Burr, you're right. I've said a lot of stuff about you that, you know, isn't flattering. But uh, you're going to need to be more specific. Here's an itemized list of the past 30 years for you to pick from. It's incredibly terrible <laughs> it's the worst a dot ham <laughs> a dot burr um yeah that's a that's another i mean like the way it, where were we the way eliza we were going to talk about there. eliza yeah we were going to talk about the final piece where she sings about basically carrying on his legacy um, I, I thought we were just talking about who our favorite characters yes, were and who i was we gonna related i was to. gonna mention this though <laughs> as like an aside because i love it um I was thinking about she li- she outlives Hamilton another fifty years, which I don't know what year Hamilton died or what year she died, but we know the election of eighteen hundred happened before Hamilton died, which means she goes till at least eighteen fifty. The Civil War happens in the sixties, and she is a vocal advocate for those fifty years about freeing the slaves, which means that Hamilton's influence, like, contributes in a very direct and meaningful way to the Civil War. Yeah, and this is something that I've said before, although never on mic, right? Um, Hamilton's financial plan, which people know I land with Jefferson a little bit on Hamilton's financial plan. Um, Not that I'm saying we should have just let – we'll get there. Um, But I I am not a huge fan of the way that the current, like, government reliance on banks and credit is structured, right? I, like, see what he was doing, but, like, it's fine. Um, But what I can say is this. If Virginia had not assumed New York State's debts, uh, the Civil War probably goes very, very differently, right? Like, the just the overall funding of this war is just, it starts from a different place come the 1850s, right? And so, like, yes, through Eliza, Alexander Hamilton has a direct influence on the rhetoric of the Civil War, right? But also... Um, through his financial plan, he has a direct influence on the outcome of the Civil War, which is buck wild, right? Yeah. Like, like it's just like, I mean, and of course we can broaden this and say that his financial plan has an impact on every day of American life, right? Uh, and sorry to interpose here. We gave this dude the $10 bill? <laughs> yeah, right? And like, Franklin the 100? Like, seems backwards. Can we explain the Franklin? I mean, but it makes it makes for such a good lyric, though. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. it does. <laughs> True. Yes, it does. A $10 founding father without a father. I That doesn't work with 20 or 5, which it, would be less. Um, point is, Eliza... Really should have been on the negative $1 bill, because it's all about credit for Hamilton. <laughs> so he really should have been on the negative. Eliza... Um, Eliza carries on his work when he's gone. After they, as the musical at least frames it, have basically had a falling out and reconciliation. And, like, I cannot think of, like, a greater, like, posthumous act of love that a person can give. Like, her husband is dead and she spends her life, you know, making his name into a legacy. Like, and trying to carry on the ideals he studied and he fought and he killed for. Um, so I really like that, and I cry every time she sings like a baby bawling at my desk. It's a thing. Um, I also love when she's with uh, Philip, <laughs> and Philip is like, I'm going to do this little poem. It's also very funny to see the guy who plays John Lawrence like, attempt to be a child without like altering <laughs> anything. It's um, cute. Is he seven or nine? I can't nine. remember. He's nine. And he writes this poem, and there is nothing on planet Earth purer than philippa sue beatboxing to that <laughs> like just like hearing her go 
<laughs> like she's in rhythm, but it's very simplistic, and it has like a very like light and like very like I'm a I, like a proper like colonial woman, but I'm beatboxing. Like oh man, it's so good. It just it blows me away every time. It's perfect. Anyway, besides Hamilton, my favorite character is by far and away King George the <laughs> Third. Oh sure, yeah 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 yeah. Jonathan Groff nails that role how do you put so much like character into it sometimes without moving sometimes when i listen to it i try to like not blink because he doesn't blink for the entirety of any of his songs and it i'm here to report uh we've got the 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 results from the polling stations have all come back in and it is impossible (laughs) it's never been done outside of his performance which is pretty astonishing um awesome wow Um, you didn't play no sorry (laughs) true continue true awesome wow i really want that on a hoodie that i can wear this winter out of the law school just with like him on it i uh wearing wearing instead of a crown just like a a santa claus hat oh that's so good oh that's so good greg you have such great ideas (laughs) greg how do you write like you're running out of time (laughs) how did Um, we come up with yake from state farm (laughs) True. Uh, I was gonna say Yake Yellen Yake Yellen Hall. That's how we did yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say my my favorite characters in this. I I love Eliza. Uh, I relate really strongly not to Hamilton because I don't see myself as like an Icarus figure. At least, although in fairness, I actually relate pretty strongly to Hamilton. <laughs> now that we <laughs> now that we're talking about it, um, it's crazy, right? But, it's the ideals. Yeah, no, sorry. True. <laughs> true. It's that I, I'm I'm writing like I'm running out of time. Like I need it to survive. I feel like it in college. Holy cow. Guys, don't major in English. It'll tear you to pieces. <laughs> but what I was going to say is uh, I really relate to Angelica, right? Huh. Angelica is like the prototypical figure. Uh, Are you saying you will never be satisfied? I What I'm saying is that if I will never be satisfied, I will be my own obstacle to that, right? Uh. When, we, when she sings the song Satisfied and then as she reintroduces it as a motif and as a vocal signature <laughs> later, right? What she's essentially suggesting is I will never be satisfied because I won't. I won't, right? I like I'm not going to overstep my sister on this. I'm like I will never be satisfied in this way, right? I'll maybe have like a fun little emotional affair with him, but I'm not going to like like when push comes to shove, I'm with Ham or with Eliza, not Alexander, right? But not but, with Eliza, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's who she stands by, right? And I think that this is like really interesting because like she she essentially says like nice going, Angelica. You will never be satisfied. Like oh, whoops, threw it away. Like my bad. Like, denies herself it. And then you have, on the other hand, Alexander Hamilton, who will never be satisfied because he's just constantly hungry. And enough is never enough, right? It's two kinds of never being satisfied, right? Angelica, like, would be satisfied in maybe, like, if she had just, like, gone for it, right? <laughs> but I think about I think about it in that sense. And I do relate to this idea that, like, hey, maybe we should, like, like, I, I have, in consideration, definitely stepped to the side for my friends and my family in ways that maybe I shouldn't have, Right. And, like, maybe, like, I mean, like, Eliza is rad, but, like, the way Angelica is portrayed in this, like, she is an incredibly bright mind, right, who, like, weighs in on Alexander's politics. And I just wonder, like, what does that relationship look like if it doesn't have to happen over letter, right? Like, what yeah. does that look like if she's the one who's there with Alexander, right? Not to, like, second guess, because, again, I think Eliza's a rad character in this and, and presumably a rad person in history, right? But, like... Yeah, I just I think about I think about that. So I, I like Angelica a lot, and I like Eliza, um, Peggy, <laughs> obviously <laughs> Peggy, who is perfect. I I think it's funny the way that she becomes. So he's into like 
I commented this watching this. He's he has this thing with two of the Skylar sisters, and then the third Skylar sister shows up as a different character to be the woman he cheats with. And I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> like he's just so all three good. of them. I was like, he's hit the unholy trinity here. Like he's uh. like, he's <laughs> like he really does end up with all three of those Skylar sisters in a weird like now anecdotal way martha washington named a feral tomcat after him <laughs> that's true <laughs> um but yeah no i i i like that a lot i also love lafayette and thomas jefferson i think they're just incredible characters um man we should wrap this up huh probably we've, we've, been, going for we've been going for a while and i think we're just gonna end up in a loop of being like oh so and so is so cool and one more for thing. our listeners just just go watch it it's really good or if you don't uh or if you don't want to get disney plus just go listen to it it's really good um and then go and you know do a little bit of history research if some of the specific characters interest you go go and see if you can if if you find a character who you think is really cool go and uh go and learn about them that would be my pitch for the end of this episode totally Go find go find somebody. I know for me, the character I'm going to read more about is... I, I feel an impetus. I simply must meet Thomas Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. And I, like... I don't know. Thomas Jefferson, obviously, like all Founding Fathers, is a is a, a speckled. He's uh, maybe a calico figure, if you will. But I am very interested in, in some more of his, his stuff after this. So that's who I will be, I'll be going to. Now, without show notes, let's see if I can take this away and close us out, shall we? Um, so next time we are doing, uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. Yes. By Wade Davis. Um, so that'll be our next episode. We, uh, we hope that you have all taken, you've availed yourselves of the opportunity to access this in some meaningful way and, and, and read at least part of it. We're going to be digging deep into this and, and hopefully we should have a, a fruitful discussion, um, <laughs> that hopefully includes like less Yake Yolenhall, <laughs> but maybe not. You know, he could be a recurring character on this show. <laughs> hopefully not, but we'll see. <laughs> Things happen. Yake Jefferson from State Farm. True. <laughs> I realize I like I joked Jefferson once, and I'm pretty sure I probably accidentally said it like eight or nine times after that. I you haven't ever said it. Jefferson. You haven't said Jefferson since. I then. have not. <laughs> I, it's funny because like sometimes I think what it is is I'm thinking to myself, should I say Jefferson? And then it just like probably is just spilling out. Um, look, I stand by it. Um, Thomas Jefferson's coming home, boys. Um, but yeah, okay. Let, let me see. We got the email. Peep this noise at gmail.com or mail at peepthisnoise.com are both acceptable emails to get a hold of us. You can find us on Twitter at peepthisnoise. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Logan has a take. You can find Nathaniel on Twitter at Torts and Gabbles. Can you find Greg on Twitter? Uh, you can. I just haven't logged on in a long time because I forgot my password, but I, I think I'm just at Greg underscore Marchant or maybe it's right. just at Greg Marchant. What it would what would it be like if I just had like like you have two G's in your first name, right? Which Three. Is, well yeah, no, I meant at yeah, the end. Yeah, at the end. Which yeah. is like less common, right? So like you you can tap down on that Greg underscore Marchant. Yes, but I, I want to clarify his name is sixty percent the letter G. No, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, I, that's All fair. I am is outdated is an outdated form of cell phone service. See what happened they is his parents only had the money for one vowel, this and like they the, just kept spinning for consonants. This is like this is like the uh, grandma in hoodwinked. You have a triple G t- tattooed on your neck. It's like no, my name's just Greg. I promise. Like this isn't like a I'm not a snowboarder. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, I was I was just remarking. What would it be like to be able to tap down on on Logan Johnson? I've had plagues of there always being another Logan Johnson my entire life. My I had a school lunch debacle, which is another story. In my high school, there was a, a literal cultural figure and by cultural figure i mean fellow student named brogan johnson that is not a joke but let me tell you every time they called into the office it certainly felt like one <laughs> oh, no. yeah it was like literally like oh cool they're just calling like pig latin me down to the front office right um <laughs> no one siri thank you very much <laughs> you've awoken siri which is a sure sign to end a podcast uh, I'd like to give a special thank you to Katie Davidson and the band Key Losers. They provided our theme song. Dude, you are killing me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying. It's new. You, you, I would like to thank Katie Davidson and the band Key Losers uh, for use of their song, Don't Know Why, from the album California Light, which is uh, up there with the Hamilton album. So if you – I mean, totally – I cannot emphasize this enough. Totally different musical styles. But if you like Hamilton, hey, I like both of these things, so maybe you will too. Uh, go ahead and peep that noise. Thanks again for listening to Peep This Noise. And remember, everybody likes bad things. So open up your mind.